So done Kingdom Institute, but obviously that's more of a teacher setting. And so I'm going to go back, and we're going to do a little bit of our Wednesday night Bible study. And so I hope you brought God's Word, because that is the most crucial thing for our lives. And whenever I was studying this, I was all excited, and the Holy Spirit gave me three words. I said three words. Awesome. That's great. What do you want me to do with that? So, but tonight, what we're going to talk about is a servant's heart. And the first scripture we're going to look at is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. But, Jimmy, hold on. Freeze. Because you realize in order to have a servant's heart, we must first realize who is our heart serving. Because in order to have a servant's heart, you must know who your master is. And that's why whenever Pastor Mark's ministering about lordship, that is crucial for our walk with Christ. Because if he's not Lord, then what are we really doing? And I know he ministered on that just not too long ago, and we had a great turnout with everybody who came down. And whenever he gave that call, he said, examine your heart. Find out, is he Lord? There was a lot of people that said, you know what? He's not. Let's go ahead and get it. And for 2014, I believe that, one, the best is yet to come. We have not experienced God's best just yet. It's been good. We've had great stuff, but there's more coming, and it's going to be better than we've ever experienced. And my parents have always said that whenever you think it's the best, it will always get better. Because as we walk with God, he's always wanting us to have better and better life. That's why we live from faith to faith. But you see, whenever we have to examine our heart and say, all right, who is my heart serving? The easiest way to do that is to say, God, if you ask me to go and do this, would I be willing to? But you see, that word servant is simply just means somebody who serves another. That's it. And whenever we think about servant, we can always go back to the 1800s and everything else and think of slaves and all that. But that's not the image that God wants us to have of having a servant's heart. It's not somebody who's always being beaten down, who's always looked upon as you're just dirt. He's wanting us to have a different heart. So we're going to go and look because we can go all through the Bible and see all these different people that have done extraordinary things, because obviously, if you've been here on Sunday with us, Pastor Mark's been ministering on extraordinary, and your kids have been hearing it too, and he talked about Joseph. Joseph was a great example for who had a servant's heart, because Joseph went through multiple different masters, you could say, started off serving his dad, did everything he wanted to do. He said, go see your brothers, did that, got sold into slavery, worked for Potiphar as a slave, God raised him up in high authority there, let him rule over everything, got thrown into prison. Once again, God was with him, got raised up again, and he was working underneath the main warden of that prison. And then we know as he goes on for another two years, Pharaoh shows up, and he says, I got a dream. He starts working under him. So he's gone through so many different masters, but the one thing that never changed was who he was really serving. And that's his heart was serving God the whole time. And that's why he could go through everything and say, God gave me a vision. He gave me a dream. I'm not going to sin against my God because I'm going to stick to what he said. But the best example we have as a servant's heart is not even from a slave himself, but it was from the king himself. And that's why we're going to go to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to start reading it in verse 5. And it says, have this attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, but did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. That's verse 7. I want you guys to get there. Sorry, that was fast. 
But you see, he said he emptied himself, taking on a form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And it says, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Jesus is saying, whenever they were talking about Jesus, he came in a form as a bondservant. Not many people use that term anymore because we're not talking about slaves, masters, servants, all that. But you see, the bond servant was a servant by choice. It's not you are forced to come and do it. That's they chose to serve that master. And Jesus came in the form of a bond servant, and he emptied himself completely to say, I'll even go to death for these people. And we're going to find out later on that the reason he came was to be a servant to mankind. And everything he did, he did to serve others. But the first story that... I want to look at tonight is in Matthew 20, 25. I'll give you time to get there. Jimmy, let's bump to 26. Little backstory. Jesus is talking to uh, his people, and he said, the people of the Gentiles, the rulers, they want to, those in authority want to rule over everybody. But he said in verse 26, it says, It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whenever we're talking about having a servant's heart, what it really comes down to is a selfless act for another. Is whenever we have a servant's heart, we lose all right for selfishness. Because God said, I want my things to be done on this earth. But it's going to take mankind to do it. But the thing about it is he didn't give us the, you have to do this right now, and if you don't do it, you're, just, you're going to leave. He gave us a choice to make. But that choice was, are you going to obey, or are you going to walk away? And that's why with Adam and Eve, we can look all the way back. He gave them commandments at the very beginning to serve him. And he said, you're going to do these four things, do them, but the last one, don't do this. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, if you do that, you're surely going to die. But he gave them the choice to obey him or walk away. And obviously, we know with that story that Adam and Eve did sin. And they chose to disobey the word of the king. And that's whenever all sorts of stuff came into the world. But whenever they chose that, their heart was immediately changed from God. And they couldn't have that presence with him anymore because they chose I want to submit to this master instead of listening to you. And that choice came from their heart. And that's why every time we talk about the heart, especially down in St. Augustine, they, they are always, every time we go down there, it always goes back to the heart because that's the most important thing is people can see everything on your outside. They can see it all day long. But the thing about it is they can't see what's really going on in your heart because God's not interested on just your actions because somebody can ask you, hey, can you go take out that trash? I know as a kid, I was asked all the time, hey, go take out the trash. And I would do that action of taking out the trash, which would look like I'm obeying, but my heart was not in it at all. And I could be sitting there going, why am I doing this? Josh is older. I mean, come on. Why don't he go do it? He's, he's working. Who cares if he works? Why isn't he taking out the trash and mowing the lawn and everything else? But really, my heart wasn't in it at all. But you see, whenever we actually do the actions with a heart, that has got this service to God saying, whatever you require, Lord, I'll do it. Then God can actually look and say, 
that's the person I want to use to do great things. Because whenever we talked about Abraham, he was accounted to him as righteousness because he obeyed and he had faith. His heart was, I want to do whatever God wants me to do. And that's what, as us, God didn't want that plan to change at all. As we go on for years and years, he still is looking for those people to say, Lord, whatever it is, I want to be your servant on the earth to do whatever you need me to do. If it's be a husband to somebody or be a wife or be a parent or just work for a boss. Whatever our actions do, we need to have a heart of servant, a servant's heart behind it to say, I'll do whatever is required. And so in this scripture, let's keep going. Um, Verse, I read verse 27, right? Six. Which one are we on, Jimmy? 27? 27. There you go. It says, And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when Jesus came, he wanted to show us the example to follow. And that's one thing with the children. We always show them examples in the Bible of this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And obviously, Jesus, we know he was blameless without sin, the perfect example we could ever follow. So whenever we pull out him, we say, we want to be just like Jesus in the earth today. And one thing I tell them all the time is, I'm I'm not sure if they get it yet, but they will. Because the thing about it is, I said, some kids don't even know about Jesus. But when they look at you, they can see him if you're doing what he asks. Because... There is a lot of kids, even though we live in America and everything is being given to us where we can actually go out. We have the word on Bible apps now. I mean, it's on billboards, everything. There's still a child in Oklahoma that I just heard about probably four months ago. I was asking about his family, and they said, yeah, they weren't going to church, but all of a sudden they started coming back, and we asked him why, and they said because his nine-year-old son was sitting on a bus, and he got off the bus, and he said, Dad, I got a question. He said, yeah, so what's going on? He goes, my friends keep on talking about this Jesus guy. Who is he? And he said it broke his heart because he said, wow, I was born and raised in church, and my nine-year-old son has never even heard the name of Jesus. And he said, that's got to change. And now that they, now they got back in church, they're serving, and it's going great. But I'm thinking, man, how many more are those kids in these schools who don't even know the name of Jesus? And so our children can have a servant's heart, and if God says, you know what, I want you to go and just say God loves them. Just go over and tell them, you know what, God loves you. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great day today. I said, that could change one of those kids' lives, and those kids are like, yeah. I'm like, you'll get it. I promise. You will get it. We'll figure out a way to make you get this, but the thing about it is with us, you may have a coworker or a boss or somebody else that they've heard of Jesus, but they've never seen somebody actually walk out Jesus in the earth in the flesh to them. And that's where having a servant's heart of us listening to God saying, God, what do you want me to do in this earth? Do you want me to go do this? And looking around for opportunities because we all can go all day long. And if I guarantee you, if you look around, you can find opportunities where you've actually gotten to serve other people, especially as husband and wife. I know there's times where I can go out throughout the day and I've caught myself a couple times where I can go all day long and not serve my wife at all. But then there's other times where I can catch myself and I can be like, you know what? I'm going to go by the store and get her this. Or I'm going to go home. I'm going to do the dishes. I want to serve my wife because we can find opportunities that aren't this huge, dramatic event, but it can be small little things just to say, I want to serve you because I honor you. And that's what Jesus is looking for. Whenever we go, and obviously 
I know everybody here does this. But there's some people that don't open doors for women. Simple little act that we all just think, yeah, it's what we do. But I've seen multiple people walk over, and especially at the mall, not bashing the mall, but you walk over to the mall, and these guys will walk over and stand behind a woman and just wait for her to open the door. I'm like, what are you doing? Go open the door. But simple acts like that can just show people, you know what? There's something different in us. We have a different heart attitude whenever we come to work or whenever we go to the mall or we go out to eat. There's something different. And that's we are following Jesus' example. So when Jesus, I'll, let's go here. When Jesus had his disciples, all of a sudden, he wanted to show them the ultimate example of servant, being a servant to them and serving them. And when it, we're going to go over to John chapter 13. And this is a story of when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. And obviously, I don't know about you guys, but feet kind of gross me out. I mean, I've seen some nasty, nasty feet. I mean, they're bad. But you see, Jesus didn't care about that because he wanted to show the ultimate example of what a true servant will do. And whenever he got over there, he got to his disciples, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. But whenever he showed up, he said, you know what? After we got done with our meal, I got something else for you guys. And he went over, took off his tunic, put on a towel around his waist, and he said, I'm going to start washing your disciples' feet. And Peter spoke up, and he's like, whoa, you're not going to wash my feet at all. You are the master. I'm the servant. Let me wash your feet. And he said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part in me. So Peter, being all holy as he is, said, well, then, Lord, wash my hands, my head, and my whole body then. I mean, I, I want to be a part of you. And he said, listen, those people that are clean only need to wash their feet. And he said, I'm going to do this, and you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but you will. And towards the end of it, it says, um, let's go to verse 14. Let me go over there really quick. Because I kind of paraphrased it on my paper. Let's go to John 13, verse 14. Is that where we're at? Yep, there it is. And it says, And if then the Lord and the teacher wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I do to you. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. It said, If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. So whenever he's talking to them, he's showing them the example to follow. And he said, I want you to go. And he said, You just saw your teacher, the master, the one who you've been following for three years, you just saw me do this, so you need to go do it also. Be a servant. Take off your good clothes, put on a little towel, and go and serve. Even if it is nasty, just do it. Because there's people, and I remember there was this time down in St. Augustine whenever we had a big old family day. We will probably do one soon, but we'll find out about those. But you see, the big old family day down there, Pastor Earl shocked us all. And all of a sudden, he started teaching on this message and they start bringing out buckets. I was like, whoa. I'm wearing boots, Pastor. My feet stink. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to wash all you guys' feet. Because he goes, because nobody sees the true example of what a servant should be because nobody's doing it anymore. He said, they can talk it all day long, but they're not having the actions to follow behind the heart. And he says, so today we're going to wash feet. And people were like, 
whoa, I have a foot problem. Nope, you're not touching. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, come on. I mean, they rotated all that water cleaning because down in Florida, they all wear the flip-flops and the sand. So they literally had the dirty feet. I mean, some people's feet were black. I'm like, you have been running around barefoot because there's no way with sandals on, your feet could look like that. But he showed them what the example is. And I thought that was amazing because it stuck with me this whole time because he was showing exactly what Jesus was showing for the disciples, saying, just because I'm doing this, you need to also. Because your master is not too good to do a small little task like this. And that's where whenever we're serving God, it doesn't matter how big the, or small the task is. If you have a servant's heart, you want to serve no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're up on stage and you're singing where everybody can see or if you're in the back with infants that are crying their heads off, pooping everywhere. If you got a heart to serve, you're going to be obedient to do it all. And so that's what I'm, my main focus is tonight is that we want to have a heart to serve no matter what. If it's something big where we think there's no way I would ever do that. Because me, if you would have told me three years ago, I would be up here ministering to all you guys. I would have said, nah, no, that's not me. That's my brother. You know, Pastor Joshua, he does that. And my dad, they do that. Me, I minister to kids. I like the little ones. Like they have the snot running down their nose, sometimes have accidents. That's all right. I can handle that. But adults, nah. But you see, God knew that there was something else in me that I had no idea about, and he wanted to pull that out. But he used the gift of the pastor to do it, and I said, okay, you believe it, I believe it, let's do it. So whenever we're looking, by the way, I have four pages of notes. So we're going to get through this, and it's going to be good. You guys enjoying it so far? Awesome. So this was an awesome story that I was reading this week, studying this out, and I never saw this before. But we're going to go over to Matthew, and everybody's heard of the feeding of the 5,000, right? This is an awesome story. And I want to pull out a couple things out of this. So let's go over to Matthew chapter 14. I promise we will not be here late. But I got to give him time because that message over there is pretty big. He's got to review it. So I got to give him a little time to have fun with the kids. So let's go to Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 13. And it says, it, back, little backstory. Hold on. It says, Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. When the people heard this, they followed him on foot from the cities. Pause there for a second. So Jesus just heard about the death of John the Baptist. So now he's going back and he's going off to be alone for a little bit. He wanted to just get away get to a secluded place, but the people heard of it, and they said, let's go. So we pick up in verse 14. It says, uh, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them. Compassion is not he feels bad or sorry for them. Compassion is you can actually see they need something, and you have the answer to give them. And whenever he said he saw compassion for them, he was able to go, and it says that, um, where are we at? There, the compassion. Compassion for them, and he healed their sick. So Jesus was wanting to get away for a little bit just to have his me time, but yet all these people started coming, bringing their sick, and Jesus said, you know what? I didn't come for myself. So I'm going to put myself aside, and I see people that I can change, and that there's people that need what I have. So he said he went and he started healing the sick. Well, then the disciples started speaking to him and said, 
When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late, so send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. What they didn't see is they had something. Because I've heard Pastor Mark say it before, is you always have something to give. There's something that's inside of you that you might not know it's there, but it's there and you can give it. And whenever they said, we only have five loaves and two fish, what is that going to do? And he said to them, bring them to, here to me. Ordered the people, Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food and breaking the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. This is the one thing that I thought was awesome that jumped out on me is that whenever God was wanting to do an awesome event there of blessing everybody who's been sitting there for days, come in listening to the word, he said, you know what? Let's go ahead and take care of the physical needs too because they're hungry. Jesus could have handled that all by himself because we know he is the almighty. He can do anything, but he chose to include the disciples in it, but they had to be willing to obey because how many times in a church is there somebody that the pastor walks over to him and says, hey, can you go do this? They go, no, that's not for me. I, I'm, not, I'm not qualified for that, so I'm just going to walk away over here. They could have looked at him and said, five loaves, two fish, you're crazy, we out. See you later. Jesus, have fun. But yet they chose to obey and they submitted to him. They said, we'll serve whatever you need. And whenever they said, bring us those five loaves and two fish, they said, all right. Here you go, Master. What do you need us to do? And he said, all right, have all the people sit down, separate them in these numbers. And then whenever he started breaking them up, he said, go serve the people. He said, you go and serve them. Instead of having them all come, he said, you know what? They're tired anyway. It's late. You guys go serve all these people. So whenever he ordered the people to be set down, fast forward, verse 20. And it says, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces 12 full baskets. There were about 5,000 men who ate besides the women and children. So whenever he's looking at this, we don't know how many could have been there. I mean, those people had a lot of kids back then. I mean, there's some of them I'm like, whoa, if they walked into the children's ministry, I'd be like, I need some help, people. They got a lot of kids. But you see, whenever they came, he said, I want to take care of them, but also the little boy who was obedient. Let's bless him also because he served me. He gave whatever he had. And that's what he's still looking for us in today. Whenever we have a true servant's heart, our focus is shifted from everything about me to who can I help serve today. Because everyone in this world we know needs what we have. Because we've been given a kingdom that is way greater than anything in this world, and they're looking for it. They're looking for the answer. That's why I love that Kingdom Come song because they're looking for the answer, and we have it. And it's God's kingdom, and it's God that they need. But how they can see that is through our actions of everyday life whenever we help serve. Because I don't know about you guys, but who's ever been in the grocery store before, and you've seen somebody, and they're digging around in their purse for, a, like, an extra dollar. And all of a sudden, you've been like, hey, I got that. Here, here you go. Thank you so much. You just showed the kingdom to that person. You just said, here you go. Don't worry about what you have. We got it covered. And that whenever we do that, 
it's showing light to everybody around us because you don't know who's watching you. That's the biggest thing that we've always been taught in leadership is you are the same person no matter if you're on stage, if you're working in a children's class, or if you're at Walmart. You're the same. You need to live the lifestyle of a servant of God and choose to live that because you don't know who's watching you. And I remember there was a time and I was at Walmart, and all of a sudden I'm doing everything that I got to do, walking around. I start hearing this little kid go, Mr. Caleb! Mr. Caleb! Turn around like, I didn't see nobody. He was all the way across the store and saw me, and he recognized it was me and was screaming. I was like, man, praise God that I'm not a different person outside of church that I am in church because what if I was doing something and that kid was watching me the whole time? I didn't know he was there. But whenever we choose to have that servant's heart, we will always be pleasing to God no matter what we do. And we'll start viewing things saying, Lord, is that something you want me to do? Or is that something that I just want to do for myself? And he'll let us know. And we just finished an awesome series with Pastor Mark on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that's part of his job is he lets us know what to do. Whenever we can tune in to listen to him, he'll tell you exactly what you need to do. If you need to go to Walmart or if you need to go to Publix. I know Walmart sometimes is a little sketchy, but you know what? He might say, today, don't shop at Publix. I need you to go to Walmart. Because there might be somebody there that you need to talk to. And so whenever we're going there, Whenever we serve, it gets us out of our own view of it's all about me to it's I have something to give to somebody else because somebody needs to see the kingdom that I have. So let's go to the next page. We're doing awesome, guys. <coughs> let's see. Where am I at? Yeah, we're doing great. This is awesome. Um, Jimmy, let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. This is another example for a bondservant. It says, Paul and Timothy, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. Paul and Timothy are a great example of true servants of God. Obviously, we know Paul's backstory was absolutely everything against God. He did not want anything to do with Jesus, killing all of Jesus' disciples, and God shows up to him and says, I've called you to do a work. i got a purpose for you. And it, whenever he came to him on that road of Damascus and he shined the big old light, blinded him, Paul had the correct response. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he already recognized that that voice is a voice of authority for my life. And he said, who are you, Lord? And that's when he said, I've set you apart. You're going to go do all this work. So Paul was one who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he started many different churches. But he went all throughout his whole ministry. You can go through and see all the trials and tribulations, but he had a servant's heart to just serve God. No matter what he went through, it was always, I will accomplish what God wants me to do. Because God's given every single one of us, we know this for a fact, because you can look all through the Bible that there was different people he placed with a purpose and a destiny that they should fulfill. And with each one of us, God said in Jeremiah 29 11 that he's given us a plan and a purpose. It's good things, not bad things. They won't harm us, but it's a, he'll give us a hope and a future. So we all have this plan and destiny buried inside of us. So we got to get it out. But how it starts is whenever we actually say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because we can have all these plans 
piled up sky high of what we want to do with life. But if God's not the one who builds them, they're all going to fail. So whenever we start looking, we say, all right, who's my heart serving? Is my heart serving money? Because that's what I want and that's what I need right now. Or is my, or is my heart serving God and just focusing on him? Because he might put us in a position where the money ain't that great. But there's a lot of influence that can be taking place for his kingdom. And he'd say, you know what? You're going to be placed here because there's some people that need to know about my kingdom. And you have it in you. And then sometimes he'll place us and say, don't say anything. Just live your life in front of them. Because whenever we have it so deep inside of us, we can't help but just show it through us. So Paul and Timothy. Timothy was Paul's right-hand guy. Everything that Paul needed, he always called on this guy because he was a servant by choice. Not only to God, but also to Paul. And he said, you know what? Send Timothy to me because he'll be an asset. I want him with me. I'll send him out. He'll come to you. He'll come visit you. He'll let me know how you're doing. And Timothy chose to hook up with Paul because he said, I believe this is where God's wanting me to be. And he said, my heart's connected with you. We are of kindred spirit. We're like-minded in the faith. Everything about us, I choose to follow you because I'm choosing to follow God. And that's where whenever we talk about the gifts God's given us in the body, because obviously we know we are in the body of Christ and that God is building his church on this earth through us. But he gave us a gift of a pastor. Pastor Mark, you don't know I was going to say this, but we're going to say it. But he gave us a gift of a pastor, and we have an awesome gift. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but our pastor is a great man of God who always seeks God's face to find out what do we need to say this week? What do these people need to hear to encourage them and to grow them more spiritually every week? And as we go and we become a servant of choice, we can also hook up with the pastor, the gift that God's given us in this earth, and allow him to start pulling out more things in us. And that's one thing that I've always been taught is that it's easy to trust your pastor whenever you know he's always got the best interests at heart, your best interests at heart. Because whenever God speaks to him, he'll speak to us. And he sees things that are buried deep within us that he knows if you allow us and the Holy Spirit, we can pull that out. We can pull out these gifts that you never thought you would ever be doing, but God can use you to do great things for his kingdom if you will just simply obey and just let it go. And so whenever Timothy was doing this with Paul, he was a great supportive minister. And that's whenever we talk about our elevation, elevate, supportive ministry, elevate, yeah, elevate. A lot of you guys are in here, you serve. And one thing that Pastor Mark was saying on Sunday is, I encourage you, you know what? Be in your word. Be stirred up. This is a brand new start. We're already, what, three weeks in? Four weeks? Three? Yeah, almost about three weeks. But we're three weeks into this new year. Be excited because this year is going to be better than the last one. But it's going to take all of us to do it. That's why I get so excited whenever I show up to church because I know I have my part to play. But then there's also... Brent, who's got his part to play, and he's there, and he's excited to do it. There's Shannon, Mr. Shannon, who's got his part to play, and then there's Miss Shannon, who's got her part to play, and then there's all these other people that they all show up with the same attitude that I got of, I'm excited I get to serve my king today. Because even though my pastor may have asked me to do it, who we're really serving is God himself. And whenever we show up to our assignment, we can say, you know what? I'm serving God today. Because he called me here to be in this assignment for today. And it's not just I'm serving all these people that walk in. Because the biggest thing I love seeing 
is the greeters at the door. Because they are always got this smile on their face. They are excited, and they are waiting. Like, come on, who's walking through my door? No, don't go to that door. Don't come. come. Yeah, come on over here. Come on into church. Welcome in, everybody. And they're so excited because they know they get to be the first face somebody ever gets to see in Acre Faith Church about Austin. Because whenever they walk in, they're not meeting Pastor Ashley. Well, they might be sometimes. But they're not meeting Pastor Mark at the door. Him saying, hi, welcome to Acre Faith Church. This is our vision. This is what we do here. They're not meeting that. They're meeting people in the body who are just willing and eager to serve God and say, whatever's required, wherever I got to be, if that's my fit, let's go. I'll, I'll open the door. I'll shake a hand. Hi, welcome to church. Come on in. Well, have, you, have you been around? Let me show you around. Let me introduce you to the pastor. Let me show you the children's area. And it, it's always exciting for me because I get to see people stepping into places where God's called them, and they're so passionate about it because that's one big thing is you can go to many different churches, and, yeah, they got great staff. They have a level X, and let's say run out, but there's no passion behind it. They don't know why am I serving. Who am I serving? Yeah, the pastor asked me to be in this position today. That's what I'm doing. No, you're serving God. And whenever the pastor asks you or anybody else, guess what? God is your boss. No matter what position you have, even in work, you do your work as unto the Lord. And he's going to reward you for that. So that's why I'm so passionate about having a servant's heart because that's what God wants us to be, the light in this world. But there's four commitments that we have to settle to actually have this servant's heart. We have to settle them in ourselves. Nobody can settle them for you, for you. You have to choose it yourself. And the number one, the first commitment is be devoted to God and his word. Outside of that, nothing else matters. Because if you're not going to submit to God and submit to his word and say, Lord, I'll follow you no matter what the cost. I'll, I'll be in your word. I want to know more about you. I want to know your character. I want to know how you respond in these circumstances. I want to know your love, how you touch people when they were healed. I want to know all that. If you don't commit that in your heart and say, you know what, I make that commitment that I'm going to be a, a diligent studier of God's word, all these other points aren't going to matter. Because that's the number one thing, is that we have to be devoted to God and his word. And number two, Jimmy, we're going to pass these scriptures. We're going to keep on going. Number two is devoted to his church. This one we will go to. Let's go to Ephesians 5.25. You got it? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then let's go to Matthew 16.18. See, you got it? Awesome. It says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build whose church? My church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So Christ gave up his whole life for the church. And it's not us who's building it, but it's Christ himself is building his church. So number two is be devoted to his church because Christ was so devoted to it that he died for it. And if we're going to be an example in this earth and show everybody what the kingdom really looks like, we have to have that same passion and desire inside of us to be devoted to a local body church. And that's where I've always been raised. I mean, before I was born, I was a part of a church. Literally, my mom was walking around with me in the belly at this church, partnered with the vision, all that. And I grew up all in church. But it took me to come to a day of myself to say, am I going to be devoted to God and his word? And I'm, am I going to serve in this church? Am I going to be devoted to actually put my hand to something? 
And it was nothing my parents could tell me to do. I had to make that choice within myself because I could have easily just said, you know what, mom and dad, that word thing's worked out great for you, but I'm out. I'm going to go do my own thing because that was my choice. But I chose at a young age, you know what, I've seen way too much of God to reject him. I've seen him work in my family's life. I've seen him work in my own personal life. Even whenever I was a young little boy being healed of all sorts of things, of course I'm going to serve God. I'm going, to de- I'm going to devote myself to find out what is your true character. What do you want me to be? How am I supposed to act in this earth so that way you can get the glory in everything I do? And whenever we finally make those first two commitments of being devoted to God and to- devoted to his word and also be devoted to his local church because he's building it. It's not Pastor Mark. It's not Pastor Earl. This is God himself. And I don't know about you, but I want to be hooked up with God himself on this earth. And so whenever we started talking about different events and stuff like that, oh, yeah, because it's just God saying, you know what? Let's have more people come on in because we got this awesome word of his kingdom that there's a lot of people that still need to hear about it. So with number three, let me change my page. We're on the last page. We are almost done. This is awesome. I'm doing great. My brother called me. He said, hey, I hear you're ministering. I said, yeah, I'm ministering. He goes, awesome. Don't go eight minutes. I said, what? He goes, first time I ever ministered to everybody. He goes, I had a bunch of outlines and everything else. And he goes, did it all in eight minutes. And then I stood there going, well, awesome. Anybody want to come up and do worship again? Uh, awesome. That's great. I guess we're done. So he's like, go longer than eight minutes. You'll be great. I did. I accomplished it. So number three, commitment number three is be devoted to your own calling. Like I said before, God has placed inside of us a destiny and a purpose to fulfill on this earth that we can do great things with him as long as we obey him. And he said, I want you to find out what is your purpose, what is your assignment on this earth, and be devoted to it. And whatever it costs to have that accomplished, do it. If it makes your flesh feel like junk, guess what? You're not supposed to be moved by your flesh. Follow my spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you to do some things where you're like, Holy Spirit, that's not my personality. That's not, that's not what I do. He says, I don't ma- that doesn't matter. I got something in you that I want to pull out. And whenever we submit and we follow after that, you'll see God move in all sorts of circumstances that you go, wow, only God could do that. That wasn't me. That was God. And I thank you that I could follow in that as I followed my purpose. So number four, wrapping it up. Here we go. We talked about this a little bit ago. Man, I knew I was jumping ahead. Be devoted to your pastor. Obviously, like I said, is God placed in this earth gifts, and one of those gifts is a pastor, and be devoted to him. And if he says something that it might be some hard correction, guess what? He's got your best interests at heart. And that was one thing down in Kingdom Institute that I learned in the final year that I was taking it is that, you know what? There will be correction because the word is going to correct some things, but be pliable, remain teachable, take that correction and let God change you. Because it's not your pastor bringing it, it's God himself. He's just speaking through that gift into your life. He says, whenever it comes, you know what? Receive it. Let the Holy Spirit work on you, and you'll be better afterwards. And he said, you'll be able to do more things than you ever imagined whenever you get done because you actually obeyed. Because there's plenty of people that take the easy route and say, nope, peace out. I'm gone. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to follow it. That's, that's an area that I've had for many, many years. I'm not touching it. And whenever you do that, you say, God, I, I don't want to follow you. So whenever we want to have a servant heart, we want him to have our entire heart. 
not just an area, not just portions. We want him to have everything that we can say, Lord, let your will be done on this earth through me today. I want to follow after you. I want your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth, and I thank you that you will use me to do it. Because he's looking for everybody in the whole earth. He's looking for just one person to say, I'll serve you. I'll have a heart to serve you all of my life. My children, they will serve you because I will raise them to actually serve you. That I will give them everything that they know. Whenever they're old, they will not depart from your word because you told me in your word that I can do that. And whenever we actually put ourselves in that position to say, Lord, no matter the cost, let me do it. I'll do it. Here I am. Let's go. Then he'll look for those people and he'll say, hey, there's a person I can use. That person will obey me at whatever I ask. And whenever we do that, we'll see God do great things in our life. And he'll be able to change not only us, but our family, our coworkers, those around us, people at Walmart that we don't even know. They'll be able to walk over and be like, hey, there's something different about you. You're glowing. What's, what's different? What are you on? Are you doing anything? Well, I mean, can you fill me in? Yeah, I'm high on Jesus. So you want to know about him? Let's go to the Bible. But you see... I wrote this down as a side note, but it says, A successful, supportive minister uh, who serves the way that Timothy did to Paul does not happen overnight. Growth takes time, patience, and commitment. Become devoted to God, his church, your calling, and the pastor, and you will be further along the road in success in ministry. Obviously, we're not all called to do ministry, but we are called to serve. And like I said before, if you're a parent, you have got this serving mentality underway. Because who's ever had that kid? You lay down, say, good night, I love you, sweet dreams. You pray, you walk out the room. Mama, can I have a glass of water? Dad, yeah. Can you turn the light on? Go to bed. Please? It's hot. Can you turn the fan on? Okay. Walk over, flip on the light. Or... I'm hungry. Who's ever got that one? I'm thirsty. Great. Can you go reach a cup? You know where the water's at? No? Okay. Here we go. Ooh. Sorry, Chase. You won't mind. But you walk over. You already have that mentality down because you serve your children. And obviously, whenever they're babies, there's a lot more serving going on than whenever they get a little bit older. Because I remember, man, praise God for my wife. Because... We decided to go, not formula, but whenever she fed, it was two hours on the dot all night long. I got to go, hey, she's crying. Go. Okay. I got to lay there. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Well, the roll switch here lately, and Ella wasn't feeling too good, and all of a sudden, she started waking up through the night. Well, every time Krista would go in there, she would be wide awake. Woo. Hey, everybody. Well, Chris was like, I'm done. I can't go in there. You go. Walked in there, pat her on the back, laid her back down. She fell asleep. I was like, oh, no. Here we go. So after that, she's like, hey, you got it now. You walk in there, she falls right asleep. So every time she cries, hey, babe, she's awake. Okay. <laughs> I get I get all the way out in the kitchen before my eyes really open. I'm like, oh, okay. Here we go. Hey, shh, go to bed. And then all of a sudden, I'll go lay down for a couple more hours, and, hey, she's crying again. She's fine. No, go in there, pat her back. 
Okay. So as a parent, we've already got that. And even as husband and wife, I mean, if your spouse has ever not felt good, you know what it's like to serve. I mean, really serve. Bring me some soup. Hey, it's hot. I need I need the air on. Will you bring me a blanket? I'm thirsty. Can you go get me a couple Gatorades? Yep. We're out of milk. Why does that matter? I want milk. Okay. No problem. I need chocolate. Ooh, that was a big one whenever she was pregnant. That was a big one. I mean, it was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm craving chocolate. Can you not wait till morning? No. Okay, I'll go to the store. Got it, ma'am. Here we go. But you see, it's been placed inside of us to serve one another. And that's what we're doing is we're just following the example that Jesus gave us, is that we lay our life down to serve others. Because as we do that, we can show God his kingdom. We can show everybody else God's kingdom, and we can show them what Jesus really was doing on this earth. Because there's a lot of people that think they know Jesus but they've never seen him in person. That's an opportunity that we get to do every day is whenever we submit to God and say, Lord, I want to have a servant's heart. I want to just please you. I choose today to follow you. Then we can show everybody around us what Jesus really looked like on this earth. Amen? All right, let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for this vision that you've placed on this earth. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have more than enough to accomplish everything that you want us to do not only in our personal lives but in our families and in this church father and we thank you that we will have a servant's heart and that lord we ask you to just show us areas that we could work on to better serve people that we want to find these opportunities as we go day and day out to serve people don't let an opportunity pass by where we can look and say you know what somebody else can handle that we want to take that opportunity to show somebody your love in this earth so we we thank you for everything that you're doing and that you're continuing to do with us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your leading, your guiding, that you are the teacher, that we thank you for the word that you gave tonight, that it wasn't from me, but it was from you. And I thank you that it will go deep down in their hearts and that the evil one cannot take it. And we thank you for everything that you do within us and through us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.